Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Welcome to Mortification of Spin. I am Amy Bird, a rose sitting between two thorns right now. Um, jokers to the left of me and clowns to the right of me, or is it the other way around? Something like that. Yeah, so to the right of me, I have Todd Pruitt, pastor at Covenant Presbyterian Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And to the left of me, I have Carl Truman, professor of humanities at Grove City College. And Carl, we've had some talks, especially with my teenagers, of your, um, your love for slang, and you're you're wanting to learn more of the slang as a as an undergraduate yeah. uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. fitting professor. in as an American. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I he really has tried uh, Todd chain, to talk whatever. to my children and understand yeah. uh, their language. And and so yeah, I listen to a lot of different podcasts. And um, so I was listening to this one on my way driving here called "Stuff You Should Know," and uh, it was an interesting topic. And it was on. Uh, Cockney rhyming oh, slang. Oh, yes. I do know something about Cockney rhyming slang. Well, it's it's comes from London. Us? I'm uh-huh. not a Londoner. I despise Londoners coming, <laughs> from, uh, coming from the West Country. But it's, uh, it's a way of speaking whereby you, you have a phrase, and the last word typically in that phrase rhymes with the real word. So uh-huh. apples and pears, stairs. Mm-hmm. Trouble and strife, wife. Mm-hmm. And you can sometimes uh, cut off the last word. So I could simply refer to my wife as my trouble. Or the stairs would be the yeah. apple. Yeah. Or uh, that's a very nice whistle you're wearing, Todd. Okay. Whistle and flute suit. Oh wow! Isn't that yeah. awesome? I was that so is. into this, and and it's yeah. come it's come to the states some. Um, when we refer to money as bread, that mm. comes from bread and honey. And Which then they just drop. Money. They yeah. just drop the honey, nice. yeah. and now it's just bread. Bread also has another function. Brown bread means dead. Oh, she was completely brown bread. She oh, wow. Well, there's one. Wait, mm. uh, the baked bean. Don't know the baked for bean. the queen. The queen. Yeah, oh. yeah. I call her Brenda. Like, you know, um, <laughs> that's the private eye term for Queen Elizabeth II. Brenda. Oh, man. <laughs> Huge private eye. Um, oh, and then it, it was used in the movie Ocean's Eleven. Uh, Barney Rubble for trouble. Uh, you making a bit of Barney Rubble again? So oh, it's kind of, it's so yeah. fun. Um, yeah. So, you know, I was just thinking, this is something we should incorporate into the world of theology or, or just maybe yeah. our little MOS slang talk yeah. between ourselves. I've got, one, I've got one that just came yeah. to me. Okay. And see if you can make the connection here. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> uh, crazy conspiracy theory. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So no, I was thinking of some like. Richard um, the Third, Bird. Oh, but nice. Richard the Third also means turd. Oh, <laughs> so, can you say that on mortification of spirit? I just did, but maybe uh, Mark will 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 okay, block so that for us. I was thinking podcast recording, surfboarding, yeah. going surfing. Wow, yeah, yeah hey, that's surf, man. Sounds or cool. okay, here's some different, uh, maybe controversial topics. Let's um, hear it. ESS. Mm-hmm. Hot mess. Oh, hot mess. Teaching ESS, hot. Yes, that works. Yeah. Teaching hot. Yeah. yeah. Or okay, federal vision. Yes. Car collision. Yeah. He took the car. Total car. Or car collision, Amy Bird. That doesn't um, go. Can, that doesn't yeah, work. Okay. It doesn't okay. work. Patriarchy, dog barky. Brought the dogs. <laughs> yeah. Dogs showed up. Yeah. Totally dog in that guy. <laughs> 
great. I could do it all day. Man. I was just thinking in the car of all of these. I'm like, I could just keep going. Yeah, yeah. Now, see, now that, that's all. Cockney rhyming slang. This it's all I'm going to think thing. about. Yeah. It's all this I'm going to think about the rest of the day. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Well, listen, um, one of the things we like to do is take questions from our faithful listeners. And uh, Amy and I have been collecting a wide variety of questions over the last couple of days. I do want to deal with this one before we go any further, because I think this sets the the kind of tone for where we want to go with these questions. A, um, a friend of ours who is a PCA pastor in Hawaii, Matt Yusey, um, submitted this question to me, and, and it goes like this. Liturgical dance, yes or yes. <laughs> what, what do you think? Depends on who's doing it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> That's true. I Which yes you're going to yeah. use. Conservative wing of the PCA, yes. <laughs> Liberal wing, yes. <laughs> so I think that's the big difference in the PCA. Oh, um, man. I, I well, get lots that was of, a tough question. Yeah, I get lots of one. questions from concerned listeners, actually, about uh, uh, the changing uh, colors of Carl Truman's pants. Yeah, yeah. Um, today, We're in Burgundy today. Well, Burgundy. Well, today, today, Carl looks just downright concerned. Conservative yeah, because yeah. because it's not pink. Well, the weird well, thing is he I, keeps accidentally matching Nayara and I. The thing yeah, is, yeah. we're going for lunch at the Grill in Grove City, and I didn't want to be subject to a homophobic attack. I see. I was wearing pink. Pants. Okay, yeah, or, or salmon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, salmon, uh-huh. salmon, coral. Yeah. coral well, I've got another serious question. Okay, yeah. let's hear it. Um, Dan Adams. Oh, Dan. Yeah. Dan, the journeyman Adams. Yes. yes. Well, that, that's what he's uh, alluding yeah. to here. He says, has Carl listened to Kanye's new album? And if so, has it helped him on his journey? Uh, the answer is no. And the uh, the other answer is, I'm not on a journey. How dare you imply that? <laughs> no, Dan was the, Dan Adams, he's an OPC pastor, mm-hmm. but he was the man who used the word journey at ah. his presbytery exam. Oh, and nice. I never let him forget that. <laughs> <laughs> um, my one question was, I don't mind ordaining this guy, but really, the word journey? Do we, do we want guys in the OPC who use that term? To I mean, first that? you use the word journey, yeah, then yeah. it's liturgical dance. Exactly, exactly. I think if your name's not John Bunyan, you shouldn't use the idea of journey to describe your, your Christian life. Okay, well, how about maybe um, a couple of uh, serious questions? Um, and, and we'll just go... Uh, as long as we need to, because it, it may be that we wind up with a question that takes the rest of our time. We'll uh, mm-hmm. we'll just see. Um, how can we help? And this was uh, brought to me by a a converted Presbyterian, one who came from like me from uh, from a Southern Baptist background. How can we help Baptists understand the beauty of covenant infant baptism? Well, that is a hard, long question, <laughs> I know it Todd. Is. We just got deep. I know yeah. it is. How about um, this? How about this? First idea, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Okay. okay. <laughs> but after that, what How else? do you feel about the flat earth? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, okay, I, I think one, what, where I would go on that, I mean, mm-hmm. facetiously, you want to say, read the Bible. Right. But I think uh, unfacetiously, one would say, uh, my strategy would be, first of all, to get Baptists to reflect on how they treat their kids. Mm-hmm. And my experience of most of my Baptist friends is uh, they pray for their children the same as mm-hmm. Presbyterians do. Right. They both pray for their conversion, but mm-hmm. also they pray for them as if they were Christians as well. Right. So I would want to start with uh, the sort of, I don't know, is that an experiential argument or something? Mm-hmm. But to say, you know, to an extent, practically, a lot of Baptists already Capitalize. Yes, they do. And they what, teach their kids to yeah. pray. And they teach their kids to pray on what covenant As theology the actually covenant. provides you a conceptual foundation for doing. So that that's where I would go with yeah. it. 
And I, I also have have asked some of my Baptist friends to to reflect on uh, the creation of the baby dedication service, yeah. which of course is an unbiblical right. ordinance, if you like. And uh, basically, m- my conclusion is is that infant baptism comes out of that same impulse that you brought up, Carl. That the children that are born into Christian homes, that there is some special proactive grace that God is up to there, that that we almost just impulsively sort of recognize. Mm-hmm. You know, Amy, you mentioned, you know, we, we ask our, our kids who haven't, quote, yet prayed the prayer to pray. We invite them and encourage them to sing in the gathered worship of God's people. If if the church prays the Lord's Prayer together, we would expect our, our young child who hasn't been, you know, hasn't prayed the prayer yet and been baptized, we, we would expect them to say that prayer. If, if we're going to be mm-hmm. consistent, mm-hmm. we need to insist that they not yeah. say that prayer until they've been converted and are baptized. But but we have these baby dedication services to say, this child uh, belongs to the Lord. And the the odd part of those services is that we it's as though we are bringing them into the visible church, but we are refusing them mm-hmm. the sign that actually recognizes mm-hmm. that they're part well, of the visible church. Well, and I think church. that's the big difference is in our understanding of what baptism is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would say it's a sign and a seal. Right. Um, not baptismal mm. regeneration. Oh, absolutely not. Um, and that it is focused on what Christ is doing mm-hmm. in us. Yeah. And, uh, ba- and baptism is is God's pledge to us, not our pledge to God. Right. It's God's That's, pledge to yeah. us. I would recommend uh, the the, sac- the book The Sacrifice of Praise by Herman Barvink at this point, okay. recently mm-hmm. been published, uh, I think by Hendrickson's. And it's, uh, it's a series of little sermons or reflections on baptism that Barving did in the context, actually, of a controversy with, with Kuiper hmm. over presumptive regeneration. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, and and Barving's uh, reflections there on baptism, I think, are extremely rich and extremely mm. useful. Well, that's good. Good. Uh, good. How's that? You were writing a book on this, Todd. How's oh, that? Yeah. Where, when can we expect that book to come out? Well, well, this is this is where kind of I would want you all to jump in uh, yeah. because Our next as question. as we talked about guests that we wanted to to interview, uh, to interview and we, yeah. we've we've interviewed some wonderful wonderful guests about mm-hmm. their books. Of course, Carl and Amy um, are are authors, and I thought. You know, I think it would thrill our audience, considering the fact that I'm the most popular of the three guests. I think it would, and or, the best or the three looking. hosts, and the best, looking. the best looking. I think it would, it would be, I and think the our, quietest. So, right. and the best dressed. I think our audience would love for me to be interviewed about what it's like to not write a book. Mm. What is that like? It is wonderful. I have so much time to watch TV. Mm. And to listen to podcasts, particularly ones on Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy theory, and the fact that Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> yeah. did not kill himself. I mean, he knows yeah. the name of the corner. That, that's it's, right. It was the Clintons, right. Paid by Trump. Amy, do you have a question from one of from? I should just say well, that's I, an I allegation. Have, I'm way, dying to find something out right now. Uh-huh. It's a question of my own. It's a little deep, okay. but I was very excited to be back here recording today because of the cough switch. Yeah, we have a cough switch. We do have a cough and, switch. I mean, it's pretty high tech. We are in a professional a studio big deal today. today. We actually call it the bird switch. I simply press it and it cuts Amy out. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, that's what I, I wanted to do a little experiment because I had to cough during our last podcast. Yeah. But then I thought, Todd, we're both hooked up to the same box. Yes, we are. You could just turn. And you were talking. So I'm like, if I hit the cough switch, uh-huh. does Todd. So can you start talking? Can, can I hit this a couple times? Oh, I am such a wonderful, wonderful person. Still going? It's just me. It's just Amy. All right. It, well, so you don't a get a cough switch. That's he doesn't fantastic. cough. He doesn't need one. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a pro. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that was one I really was dying to know. <laughs> um, thank you for obliging me there. Mm-hmm. Let me look up some of my questions here. 
Okay. How come I don't have any questions? Because you're not on social media. Yeah, because uh, you don't count. Of course, we yes. ask for yes. listener you, questions. You we don't care. exist. I don't exist. We officially. care about what our listeners yeah. are asking mm-hmm. and wondering. Yeah, I don't care about what our listeners yeah. are asking. Okay, so <laughs> discuss a model for appreciation of Christians in the past while being honest about their faults. Um, example, anti-Semitism, slavery, etc. How does one pick up and carry the good and leave the mess behind? Okay, also, so, why is Amy so much smarter than the other two? <laughs> well, this person's obviously a fool. That's the thing that should answer that question. <laughs> okay, so Carl, this is yeah. a question it's to a question you because... So, so before we would move it further into our time, let, let's go back to Martin Luther. Of course, yep. classic example yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther, this man who who has written so much that not just Lutherans, but uh, but but Reformed folks and even non-Reformed folks look back and are so grateful for, yeah. and then his tirade against the Jews. Yeah. What do we do with this? Well, there are a couple of things there. One, I think we, we automatically or should automatically read everybody to some extent critically. Right. Other than the Holy Scripture, we don't assume that anybody is telling us the truth Mm -hmm. all the time. So I think most of us instinctively read historical figures critically. Uh, The the question then of, say, Luther and the Jews, that's a complicated one uh, when you you take that as a narrow question because, of course, we have a long-standing history of uh, anti-Judaism morphing into anti-Semitism in the West in the 19th century. the question of Luther and the Jews, I think, needs to be addressed by developing a good understanding of, of how Judaism functioned in the Middle Ages, what exactly was driving Luther's uh, objections to the Jews, and how that developed then in, in history since then. But if you say to me, is the fact that Luther wrote hateful things about the Jews, does that invalidate what he says about Paul and Romans? I would want to say, no. Right. Uh, what, inv- what would invalidate his writing about Paul in Romans is whether he's got Paul correct mm. or not. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a tough question to answer in general terms beyond mm. saying, you know, nobody's perfect. We read everybody critically. Some mm. people are harder to read positively than others when they've done or written such horrendous or horrific mm. things. Um, but we... It's a function of believing in total depravity, it yeah. seems to me. And would you, is this valid at all to say we also have to keep in mind with a man like Martin Luther that this is not to excuse what would be genuine anti-Semitism, but a, 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 a man coming out of the medieval period yeah. with who, who thought very differently yeah. than most yeah. modern Westerners. Yeah. <laughs> We have to at least factor in a little bit of the fact that they didn't have the same categories as no. we do in a lot of ways. No, I mean, with Luther, for example, they don't really think in the 16th century in racial categories in the right. way we do. So that would be one point mm-hmm. of big difference. I think, you know, again, to go to go to the Luther question, the way the Luther question is often framed, at least in the, the background of the question is, is Luther responsible for the Holocaust? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do a class on this. Whenever I teach on Luther, I always do a class on, mm-hmm. on Luther and the Holocaust. And the answer to that question is, uh, no, he didn't cause... The Holocaust would have happened without mm-hmm. Martin Luther. 
we know that the the tradition of anti-Semitism, anti-Judaism and then anti-Semitism in Europe did not depend on Martin Luther. It existed independently of Martin Luther, would have been there had he never been born. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can see that when we look at his anti-Jewish tracts. They're full of cliches. He's he's pulling cliches from a long tradition of anti-Jewish literature. On the other hand, I also want to say, does that mean that we can say Luther has nothing to do with the Holocaust? And I would say no. Luther is a pungent and significant representative of an obnoxious tradition of anti-Judaism morphing into anti-Semitism, mm-hmm. which culminates in the Holocaust. So in answer to the question is, is Luther responsible for the Holocaust? The answer is no. In answer to the question is, is he therefore innocent of the Holocaust? The answer is also no. Yeah. Yeah. You have to see history in much bigger terms than, than just an, an individual It just figure. blows my mind yeah. because, you know, how God uses people in such amazing ways but then the the depravity that is so clear there at the same time i mean you know even though we've we're talking racism but also the misogyny that Mm -hmm. you know when i'm reading in so many uh of the church fathers and then you know through milton and Mm -hmm. and and, and the puritans Milton's great don't knock milton (laughs) greatest poem in the the english language but you know it also has to be acknowledged that the that the younger luther uh did not have the same attitude towards no. the Jews as the older Luther And that's did. the exceptional thing in Luther. Yeah. Luther's 1523 treatise that Jesus Christ was born a Jew. That's actually the exceptional treatise. Right. The later stuff is simply an extreme example of what's more typical. And, uh, that, and, and would, would it be true that that earlier treatise from the younger Luther, that the attitude he had, or, or at least displays towards the Jews in that tract, would have been a little unusual? Oh, yeah. That's, as I say, that's the exceptional yeah. treatise. That's an exceptional treatise for its time. Right. Um, but again, to go to, to uh, Amy's point, you go back to the ancient church, Cyril of Alexandria. I've been reading quite a bit of Cyril recently. One of the most brilliant theologians of the fifth century. Um, if he didn't connive at, certainly sort of turn the blind eye to the murder of a, a, a woman pagan philosopher mm-hmm. uh, and does not seem to have been above having his monks go out and do the business right. you know, muscle-wise when necessary, right. does that mean that uh, the Chalcedonia, that the, the Council of Ephesus in 431, or the Council of Chalcedonia, it was after he died, but Chalcedon in 451, the Christological fruits of those councils is invalidated mm-hmm. by the fact that Cyril was uh, an obnoxious person. Yeah. Uh, no. In fact, when Cyril died, one, one of his enemies wrote, I found this very amusing letter this week, wrote to uh, somebody else saying, oh, you know, the, the scumbag has finally died. My one worry is that he'll cause so much trouble on the other side, they'll send him back to <laughs> So he said, we need, we need to make sure that whoever buries him puts an extremely big rock on top yeah. of the tomb so he can't get back right. out. Okay, so let's bring it then a little bit closer to our time, yeah. although still not 20th century yet, but one that has been kind of uh, making the rounds in yeah. social media over the last yeah. year or two, which is Jonathan Edwards, Puritans, uh, George Whitfield, and their attitudes towards the slave trade or, or towards yeah. slavery. And sometimes their attitude towards the slave trade was different than their attitude towards holding a slave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, but, but you've had some folks, even within my own denomination, some pastors and other people, taking to Twitter to saying, you know, don't quote Jonathan Edwards anymore. Don't quote oh. George Whitfield anymore because of their attitude that's, towards slavery. That's well. Let me let me make a couple of comments. I think that's that's frankly ridiculous. It is. If you're not going to quote anybody from history who doesn't conform to 21st century ethics and morality, mm-hmm. you're not going to quote anybody at all. Anybody. Yep. Secondly, 
Uh, I would say this. I think there has been in, in the kind of circles where I cut my teeth as a young Christian, and maybe you two as well, there was a kind of idolatry of these guys. Sure. They could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say my problems with Whitfield aren't just his attitudes of slaves and slavery, but his, his attitude and his treatment of his wife. He treated mm. his wife terribly. But guess what? I don't go to George Whitfield to develop my thinking about slavery right. or about how to treat my wife. Mm-hmm. I go to George Whitfield, for example, of good evangelistic preaching. Mm-hmm. The fact that he was uh, 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 held views that would now be considered obnoxious, maybe even would have been considered by some in his own day to be obnoxious, doesn't invalidate the contributions mm-hmm. he made. Maybe we shouldn't, you know, maybe somebody will discover that Alexander Fleming was a racist, so we shouldn't use penicillin. Yeah. You know, okay, let's stop using anti let's stop using antibiotics yeah. because it may have been developed by somebody who was a racist. Right. It's just it really it's does well, it, it's, it's a silly. warning to yeah. us to not idolize these people. Yeah. And and in terms of the of, of the uh, of the slavery issue and these preachers and theologians from the sixteen uh, and seventeen hundreds, as well as the 19th century as well, I, I would I would want to remind folks again to be cautious in terms of the fact that these were people who were born into a world that assumed slavery. Yeah, every culture. Yeah, up at that point had always practiced slavery. Now we know from Scripture that man stealing is wrong; it is a sin. But it's abhorrent. Uh, I mean, yeah the the African and Middle Eastern you know, Arabian slave trade had been going on for literally for thousands of years. Unfortunately, Western Europeans decided to do what everybody else was doing and practice it for a time. But what's interesting is that those same uh, men in Western Europe and in the colonies and later the United States were the first uh, first ones to begin to abolish it, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's because they saw that it was inconsistent. Yeah. With, with what the Bible teaches about the dignity of, of humans. And, and I say all that to simply say, we have to be, we, we, we can't expect Jonathan Edwards, for instance, to live in the same thought world of the 21st century. He was born into a world where slavery was a given around the world. Doesn't that also make us think, though, what are we missing right now? Sure. We are not yeah. the all high moral sure. ground. I do think We're about that. still, you know, have many blind spots and and the dignity mm-hmm. that we give human beings right right it's very sad mm-hmm. and we yeah maybe. we should be humble when we look back and, and see that you know some of these theologians that right. we admire their their theology for um held such abhorrent views i wonder i wonder if a future generation of christians is going to say is going to to look back at those of us who 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 are pro-life for instance we recognize and say that taking life in the womb is a sin, but they would look back and say, I wonder why they never really did anything about it, though. Uh, the way that we would look at Christians in Western Europe in the 1930s who who, who didn't really, who we look back and wonder, why didn't they really do anything to stop it? I, I, that issue and several others, I think, what, what will we be judged by? Well, yeah. and that's the problem. We're all trapped in the time mm-hmm. in which we live, and it's therefore somewhat difficult to predict right. what cultural constructs we hold to at this time which will prove to be anathema or obnoxious in a, to a later date so on that rather uh, arcane point i suppose it's time for us to close to say thank you to all the listeners who sent in questions to my 
two colleagues. Thank you for not filling up my email inbox with questions. <laughs> I would simply delete them or put them in a file somewhere and forget about them. Uh, we look forward to having you join us next time. If you go and visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, you've got a chance to win a life-size cutout poster signed of Todd Pruitt, the <laughs> best-looking of the three of us. And while you're there, please uh, notice that we have a donation button, and if you feel led to make a... A donation, please do so. Uh, Until we all meet next time, I'm your host, Carl Truman, saying goodbye. Sister Susie, Brother John, Martin Luther, Phil and Don, Uncle Ernie, Auntie Jean, Open the door. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... One thing that I think is unique and fascinating about this moment in feminism in terms of the trans movement is that there is this opportunity for women across the political spectrum to unite on the issues that unite them. That interview is next time. Join us then. You can introduce me as Professor at Grove City College. That works okay. perfectly. And and when you introduce me, uh, you um, can specify that I'm actually not a member of the Women's Liberation Front. But, <laughs> Shocking. But, yeah. but I'm thinking about joining mm-hmm. if they'll have mm-hmm. me. So. Okay, okay. Okay. You might be the calls for the women's liberation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be. That could be.